Hi, and welcome to the Ask My Mom podcast, a podcast for young adults about all the things we didn't learn in school. Here to share her knowledge with our generation is my mom, Jen Exer, and accredited financial counselor, Jennifer. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at askmymompod. We greatly appreciate all your support. Hey guys, so before we jump into this week's episode, I just wanted to take a second. As you guys know, we live in New Orleans, Louisiana. Luckily, we were not hit directly by Hurricane Laura. We live outside of the direct path. It was more southwest Louisiana that got hit. Um, so we just wanted to take a second. And if you guys have any money or time to donate if you're in the area, um, we wanted to just shine a light on a nonprofit started by a family friend of ours called Comeback Coolers. They have been, for the past couple of years, anytime there's a natural disaster here in the United States, they rally a bunch of people together and they usually drive a couple hundred coolers to every single natural disaster with, within driving distance. Um, I know they've gone as far as to go to Iowa. They go all over the Gulf Coast. They've gone to the Carolinas. They go to Texas. And they deliver supplies. They deliver coolers full of ice, cold drinks, Um, I know they bring beer too. They bring things for the kids to drink. They bring fruits and other just supplies that people need on the ground. It's important to donate to people for the rebuilding efforts as well. But, you know, in the first couple days after a storm like that, the grocery stores are out of ice. It's hard to get cases of water. It's hard to get those kinds of supplies if roads are blocked. And so they bring in a bunch of, it's all volunteer based. Nobody takes a salary from comeback coolers. Every penny that you donate is going directly to the cause and getting people who need things what they need. So if you'd like to donate to Comeback Coolers, you can go to their Facebook, which is Comeback Coolers. They have a donate button. They have an Instagram at Comeback Coolers. And they have a Venmo, which Noelle, what's their Venmo? Every, you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, and Venmo, all at Comeback Coolers. It's a great organization to donate to. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. Today, we are talking about investing. Mom? So, Noelle, would you like to have a million dollars in your retirement account when you reach the age of 65? Uh, Yes. Do you think it's possible? Yes. And you're not a millionaire already, right? Not, no. No. And you're a young... Not unless someone's dad dies and gives me a lot of money. So, so fingers crossed for that. No, absolutely not. Well, not anyone I know's dad, but I'm just saying someone somewhere wrote me into their will. And then like, you know, <laughs> then, like, you get a letter one day to go to some, like, funeral and will reading and they leave you all their money. And then it's like, oh, my God. It was, like, my second grade teacher. Oh, so that would... So then we could make a movie. And that I no, I wouldn't need to make a movie. And you're a secret you're you're a secret princess of Genovia. So it's completely possible to have a million dollars in your bank account or in your investment account when you're in your retirement years with very little effort on your part currently. So this is you're talking about investing, because we had talked about the difference between savings and investing. We're talking about an investment account. Yes. This, this is, is not sh- something you're going to pull out of like 
willy-nilly for this out or the other. This is an investment account to just let sit. This is an investment account. Yes. You're okay. just putting money in this every month and letting it sit. So if you go to investor.gov, they have two fantastic calculators. One is a compound interest calculator and the one is a savings goal calculator. So I did a little scenario for you. I said that you are putting $500 a month in your 401k. And we're going to talk about what a 401k is. And you're going to put that $500 a month in there for 30 years. Okay. You're going to have an interest rate of about 10% rate of return. Okay. So if you did that, put $500 in there for 30 years, you would have $1,130,000 rounded off. And it's just $500 a month. But that's, this is good because if you have a 401k, chances are you're having, getting a contribution from your employer. So not all of that $500 came out of your pocket. But even if it does, that's right. only $250 a payday if you get paid every other week. $250 is a lot of payday, but I guess if you make enough money, it's well. <laughs> well, you can put it in there before taxes. So okay. it, that even saves you more. So Max. it is entirely possible for you to have. So 30 years from now, how old are you? 22. No, for real. Oh, in 30 years? Yeah. 50, you're I'll only 52. Yeah. So you're only 52. So you're not even at retirement yet. We could do 40 years and put you at 62 because then you're going to have at a 10% rate of return, $3,162. So what you're saying is when I become eligible for my works 401k plan, I should sign up for it. Yes, but you don't have to wait for that 401k to start investing. We're gonna talk I mean, about it's that. only like another, I think, month. So I'm going to oh, okay. just let it. I'm going to just wait. <laughs> so you absolutely should because 40 years from now, I mean, you're young. 40 years, $3 million, you've definitely beat inflation because what's inflation average every year? Right now, I think the, they're calculating it for the last, like at 0.9%. Sure. I think right now they're saying it's 0.9% as the average yearly inflation. So future money is worth more than today's money, right? Right. So this is $3 million in today's money, but you've still beat inflation because you've got a 10% rate of return versus a, if you sat in your bank account, you'd have no rate of return. Yeah. Now, even if you only had... 8% rate of return, you still have $1,750,000. So this is good. All around, this seems like a great idea. Yeah. Are there any negatives to this or? I so, can't think of a negative of investing in your There's in no like, risk associated or anything. Well, we're going to talk about the risk of investing a little bit, but this is investing in yourself. This is you taking care of you. Right. So when you're in your retirement years, you're not depending on your kids. You're not depending on anyone else to take care of you because you've taken care of yourself. This is like the ultimate empowerment. The ultimate empowerment investing. Yeah, wow. Is investing in your future. So I want to focus just on retirement investing. I don't want to go into the other types of investing in this episode. I just kind of want to stick to that long-term retirement. So investing, the definition is commit money in order to earn a financial return. 
Okay. And that's really, we want a financial return investing in ourselves. So when we talk about retirement investing, we're talking about retirement like in your 60s, right? Okay. 401ks, you don't have to go out looking for a financial planner. Fees in 401ks because it's coming through your employer are normally lower than you would pay at a financial planner. Um, oh, okay. Because the plans are already kind of mapped out. You just pick the one you want. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I have heard because there's like, I don't know the name. I'm not going to sit here and try to say the names. I just know that I have like three different options. Okay. So on the you, kinds we can do, I don't know their names. I was going to try to guess them, but then I was like, I don't. Yeah. So when you get that, those, we can look at them and we can see what might be best for you. There's the, the four, wait, the 401k, mm-hmm. the R2D2. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That was, that's all I got. <laughs> R2D2. Is the other one C3PO? C3PO. <laughs> um, a 501C. Just kidding. That A 501C is a type of nonprofit organization. <laughs> That's what I know. Can you guys tell I don't have a 401K? <laughs> but you're going to next month because this next is going to inspire you to join. I'm inspired already. Now that you told me there, I was waiting for you to be like, but there's a chance that if you die before you retire... No, you just put me Nobody as the beneficiary. I don't know. You know, you just put me as the beneficiary. That's all. Jenna is my beneficiary for oh, everything. Okay. Oh, actually, ooh, do you want to hear some, some family tea? Yeah. I'm Jenna's beneficiary. Jenna just got a job on base, which means she's a government employee, which means she has to have a beneficiary for to receive her last check, even though she <laughs> makes seven twenty-five an hour. So if Jenna, God forbid, should pass away in an untimely, very, very early tragic death, I will receive her $40 paycheck. <laughs> now you're depressing me. Okay. Because she so, didn't make you the beneficiary? No, because you're talking about your sister not being in her round. Well, she Sorry. called me to tell me I was her, her beneficiary. And I was like, <laughs> well, because I had told her that she was mine a, a while ago. And she thought that was so cool. And I was like, it doesn't mean much. Trust me. <laughs> but so she made me her beneficiary. Aw, sister love. Isn't that so sweet? So sweet. So even if your employer does not offer a 401k, you can get an IRA. And I know you put in our little description what the F is an IRA. So now I'm going to tell you. Actually, wait. I put that in there because before we started this podcast, I put on my Instagram stories asking, all I asked were, what were some things you did not learn in school? Everyone wrote in financial questions. Literally, that's how everyone interpreted the question, which is what it was. Mm-hmm. But it further proves the point. I didn't even have to say it. We all didn't learn anything about money in school. And like three people replied and asked what an IRA was. Well, now I was, everybody's going to be in a no. I read it and I was like, good point. What is an IRA? <laughs> an IRA is an individual retirement account. So it's you. That seems like it makes sense. You putting your money into your retirement account and you do that through like your bank or your credit union or, I mean, you can go to fi- financial planners and have them help you pick an IRA so too. So not through but your job? Not through your job. So if your job offers you a 401k, that may be your better option depending, but we'll get into why. Let's talk about the differences first. 401k is offered by your employer. And an IRA you get at a financial institution. And they both save money towards retirement. Both plans have an option to either defer your taxes until you pull the money out 
or you can pay your taxes up front. So the one where you defer your taxes until you pull your money out is called a traditional plan. When you pull okay. the money out, you'll pay your taxes on all of the money that comes out. So on all the interest you've earned. There's no word for this. I know the word for that. It's like a type of income tax, but it's like a, never mind. I'm sorry. I thought I capital gains. Is that what you're thinking? Capital gains tax. Well, that's, you pay capital gains on like stocks or like on the sale of a home. This or you if, just pay income or tax. if you take out more than a certain amount in a year from an IRA. I know this because I have a friend who is old enough to be retired. They saved up a lot in an IRA because he didn't have a 401k. And if they take out more than a certain number per year, they have to pay an additional tax. I didn't um, know because she complained about it a lot. And I was in my head, I'm like, damn, what, what are you taking out so much money for? I get it. Like, do you need to take out that much in a year? Well, good for them that they have that much. So they worked hard for it. So the other one, other than traditional, there's Roth. And with the Roth account, you pay your taxes now. And then when you pull your money out, you don't pay taxes on anything you pull out. So not on the money that went in and not on the interest earned on that money. So with traditional, you're paying taxes on the interest earned. With Roth, you're not, but you're paying your taxes today. Oh, I have uh, a question. With yeah. inflation, do we expect taxes to go up yearly the way that we expect like the money that you're putting in now is worth so much, but when it comes out, it's worth more in 40 years. Mm -hmm. Is there a benefit to a negative to doing the taxes now versus then on which one you think would save you more money? So the theory is, is you want to pay your taxes when you make the least. So that would be when you're retired, right? Possibly, but maybe not for your friend, right? Because he's had a whole entire career you know, well, no, he's in retirement. He's not making any dollars. Well, he is though. He's got all those, but he's not making it. He's just taking out money. He's already made, but he, maybe so that's more than does he that show as when he first started out. Okay. So like okay. when you're, so the theory now you can do, everybody can do whatever they want. The theory is you, when you're young, you don't make as much as you will when you're like my age. Right. But <laughs> 27. Absolutely. Of course. So you would pay your tax. You might want to start out with a Roth. And then when you start to get mid-career, start really making the bucks, switch oh. to a traditional to defer your taxes to later. So then later on, when you pull out, you've already paid taxes on some of the money, but not on all the money. That's the theory. But yet again, you got to do what's most comfortable for you. And some people want to defer the taxes to later. Got it. If you pull the money out before you're 59 and a half, you're going to pay a penalty. And that applies to both 401ks and Roths. And it's always 59 and a half. It's, it's 59 and a half. For now, I mean, they haven't changed it in a really long time. I don't know if they're going to change oh, it. I just didn't know soon. if there were different, if you could sign up for different ages, but okay. No. That's, that seems rude, but okay. Well, because you're approaching your retirement. Well, so, but what if I really needed, I have all this money in savings and I really need it at 42 for something? You can pull it out. You just pay a 10% penalty. And then if it's well, traditional, you huge. pay your taxes too. Well, yeah. I mean, because the intent of this type of account is to save for your retirement. So if you have- Which makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have like a midterm plan, you would have a different type of account. It wouldn't be a retirement account. Well, and that, this is what we talked about also with different kinds of accounts for just different kinds of things. That's not right. what this one's for. I got this it. This is for your retirement. Yep. 
So the maximum you can put in your 401k this year, it changes every year, is $19,500. If you're over 50, you can contribute an additional $6,500 for the year. I'm looking at these numbers and I'm just like, oh, I should be putting that much into savings every year. If you have an IRA, the max contributions into your IRA for 2020 is 6000 And then there's the catch-up being over 50 is $1,000. So $19,500, let's revisit that one for your employer. If you are getting a match from your employer and you max out the match, so let's say mm -hmm. if you contribute 5% of your pay and your employer matches that amount and that goes into your 401k account, figure out what that 5% is. Take that off the 19.5, and then you need to invest the rest to hit to that max it out. Now that's a lot of money for a lot of people. Nineteen thousand. That's a lot of money for most yeah. people. That, I feel. And, it, and honestly, it is. So most people. Like that's just a lot of money. Yeah. So most of us cannot reach the maximum for the so year. My works. I can't remember what it is, but I know that when I first signed on and I like saw them, even though I didn't qualify for the four hundred one k plans, they have a maximum amount that they will match to as well. Okay, so we need to find out what all that is. I remember if, being a lot and me thinking, well, I'm not going to invest that much anyway, so don't worry about that. <laughs> well, but we want to find out. We want to find out what they're matching so we can maximize it. We want to take as full advantage if at all possible. No, we should, but this is me. Now I know that, but me a couple months ago before I learned yeah. so much from this podcast about investing, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to invest $10,000 a year. Thanks. But now I am. Now I will. Maybe. Now you will. And then if you don't have the ability to, if you know, if your employer doesn't offer that, you can get your own 401k as a, as self-employed or you can do an IRA. So if you're self-employed, you can start your own 401k. But if you're just regular old somebody whose employer doesn't offer that, you can just go to your, or your bank, your financial institution and open an okay. IRA. So where's your money being invested? What does that even mean? Where's your money going when you put your money in your 401k? What does that mean? That was actually going to be my next question for you is that when we talk about regular investing, we're talking about investing in brands that you support. We're talking about investing in companies or in property. Well, property's a little different, but just investing in general, you really, you know, have a control over what you're doing with your money. From what I understand with a 401k or an IRA is you don't, and it just kind of goes and you trust that the bank or your financial planner, I guess, will just watch it for you. Okay. So when your 401k kicks in, they're going to give you those options of different plans. Normally a company outside of the company you work for, an investment company manages your money. So it could be like Vanguard or Schwab or Fidelity. They are going to take all these names. Yes. So they're going to take your money and it might be somebody else, but these are just three popular ones. They're going to take your money and they're going to invest it into the plan of your choice. So you're going to get to pick your plan. You're going to pick your plan based on your time horizon, and your risk tolerance. Oh, so this is, I think, I the way I've heard of this is like, the if you're younger and you're just starting your 401k, you should do the high risk one because you have so much time to recoup money if there is like a hiccup in the stock market. But if you're older, to do the less aggressive one because if for some reason you lose money this year, it might really mess you up in two years. That's, that's the theory. Yes. Now do whatever you want because it's your money. 
So if you, right. if you don't have a high risk tolerance, you're not a big gambler and you don't feel comfortable, even when you're young, going into a very risky fund, that's very okay. If you're older playing, trying to play catch up and your time horizon, your time horizon means how much money or how much time you have left to invest. How much time is on the horizon, you know? Yeah. So not much Some for me, but maybe if I'm trying to play catch up, I want to be a little riskier. I think you have plenty of time left on your horizon. But you have way more time on your horizon. So So you would want to decide how risky you really want to be. Can you be like crazy risky? So what happens is you pick your fund and your fund can be some, it can be all stocks. It can be bonds or it could be a mix of both. Okay. To maximize your investment, you want to diversify. So I'm sure you've heard that. Diversification. Diversify your portfolio, your investment portfolio. I don't know what that means, but I know I've heard the say. That's this because you can like some of those funds that these companies are going to offer you, they are already a diversified fund. You can choose one that's already a mix of stocks and bonds. So the bonds are a little safer. So that kind of, so as a stock market goes up, up and down, the bonds kind of steady chug along the middle so it helps kind of maintain an even keel i do believe that my grandmother gifted me a savings bond at one point in my life okay so a savings bond would be considered a government bond when you have a bond you're buying the debt of that government or company so like we get savings bonds where we're literally where it like doubles in money over however many years so a savings bond is not a long-term investment plan. They're just fun to buy for babies. Which now I'm thinking <laughs> I need to find the savings bond that grandma gifted me and maybe cash that out. And invest it elsewhere. Yeah. We want to look and see what different plans there are and how risky you want to be. But sometimes the riskier, the more the fees are going to be. So we're going to look at the fees as well and just kind of do a comparison to see really what your best option is going to be. So your risk tolerance and your time horizon together help you decide really how aggressive you can be with your investment. And then you got to go with your gut as well. I'm a big believer in the gut. So low risk investments are, are found in IRAs, includes CDs, treasury bonds, savings bonds, and then higher risk would be like an ETF, um, mutual funds, stocks, and bonds. Mutual funds are popular with IRAs and 401ks because of the diversification in them. And you can get a lot of information on investing on Investopedia. So it's Investopedia. I was, I was about to cut you off and say, I think we're just saying a lot of words. I don't know. <laughs> we need more information. But now, okay, Investopedia, if any of those words didn't make sense, because I yeah. know. Investopedia.com. They have really great information you would get lost in all the information they have. It's really very beneficial though. And they have videos and great stuff there. Um, But I like mutual funds because I like it to already be diversified. So I don't have to think about it. It kind of is like a no brainer. It diversifies your portfolio. Yes. Because we did a little scenario on if you put into your 401k and how much money you would have. I wanted, I did a little scenario too on if you purchased an IRA. Okay. So, and I did it for 30 years again. So I guess I'll change it to 40 because you're so young. So let's do that. So I do it for for the same as whatever you did the last one for. Yeah. 40. 
because you're, you have okay. 40 years to you hit retirement age. So I put your savings goal as $1 million. If you oh. purchased an IRA for $3,000, you let it grow for 40 years, your estimated rate of return, 10%, it compounded monthly and you invested an additional $132 a month. That seems doable. You would have a million dollars in that account and you've beat inflation again. So initially it starts out really, really slow for about the first 12, 13 years, but then the curve really starts to grow. Takes money to make money, baby. Yep. So once you get some money in the account, it starts. And this is on the investor.gov website. So this is a lot of fun to play with because you can really get inspired. So this would be if your employer did not match or did not offer you a 401k, you can do this without them. Yeah. So don't I think let there's probably more people now getting IRAs, I think, than 401ks yeah. because the way that we're kind of a gig worker economy mm-hmm. or a lot of people work, I know a lot of adults who work a couple part-time jobs instead of one full-time job and with working part-time, a lot of times you don't qualify for a 401k. And so I know, I know a couple people who have IRAs. Okay. Also, obviously right now at 22, most people are not putting $500 a month into their Well, that's two fifty a payday. I, yeah, but at 22, I think that's, most that people are not putting that in. Well, if you, well, think, you can increase, but you can increase it you later. Increase it, yeah. So you can do a hundred now and yeah. then when you're there, yeah. go and, there. And then looking at, um, if you did the 401k, obviously as you make more money, your 5% is larger than, you know, these are just rough numbers, but you can right. get there whether you have a 401k or not. Don't let that stop you. So. Things you want to ask your employer about your 401k. Is there a contribution? I was going to say, I'm like, I'm ready right now to go in for my 401k meeting next month. So I was about to ask you if you would tell me what I need to ask them when I go in there. You want to ask them what their contribution is. Mine matches mine to dollar for dollar up to whatever the cap. So we want to know what that cap is. I want to say it was like 10,000 in a year. Okay. So we want to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to want to look at all that and we're going to want to try to take advantage of as much as possible. Oh yeah, we are. (laughs) And how long until you're vested? So vesting means how long do you have to work there before you get to keep their contribution and the interest earned on their contribution? Most employers have a limp, a time frame. Where if you leave before that time frame, you do not get to keep their match or the interest earned on their match. But you get to keep your part and take you it with you. You keep your part and you can take it with you, but you won't keep their part. So we want to know. That's important. That's very important. We want to know how many years that is. That's why I stayed in California without you guys for that extra little bit of time was because I had just like, what was it, like two months left before I was vested in my 401k. So to get all that money that they invested and the interest earned on that money, I had to stay there for two more months. I did not know that's why you didn't move with us. Yep. So, cause that's, I mean, that was, I mean, I didn't know that long, but it was like $8,000 that I would have walked away from. 
Do you think that in two months you saved $8,000 living half of your family on one place? And you do you think that you made out in the positive? Yeah, because I'd have given away $8,000. It didn't cost but $8,000 for me to stay there for two months. And then that I mean, went- I, I, I hear you. $8,000, $8,000. I would have stayed too. Yeah. I mean, it was only two months. It wasn't like it was a year. You were like, those are my pennies. I'm not giving it to you. Heck yeah. So I stayed there. And then the other thing we want to find out is what are the fees for the whatever company they have. So usually so the, the different plans have different fees, but we want to find out what they are because giant fees can eat up a lot of your investment. So the fees go to like the institution who like the banking institution or they go to your employer the fees go to the management of your money so if it's vanguard or schwab or whatever whoever's managing your money gets that's what they make for managing what does a normal fee look like what should we be looking for here so when i look the right answer well i'm sure they all have fees i'm sure none of them are completely fee-less. probably gonna pay between a dollar fifty and four fifty to five dollars per thousand dollars depending on the plan so usually the more aggressive ones the ones that require more work on the part of the company the fees are going to just be larger yeah so we want to look at the fees that that adds up very quickly when we're talking about a million dollars A quick little um, way to figure out your investment is, it's called the rule of 72. And what you do, if you're investing money into an account, right? If you take 72 and you divide that by the interest rate you're earning, so your rate of return, that's going to give you how many years it takes to double your money. So if you had an 8% rate of return, and you invested $1,000, you would take 72 over eight, and don't make it a decimal or whatever, just an eight, you're going to get nine. So in nine years, you'd have $2,000. If your rate of return is four, whatever that math is, that's how many years it's going to take to double your money. So just a little quick fun math wow. fact. I'm just like, wow. It's called the rule of 72. I- yep. Easy math. Quick and easy. Such easy math. And so you kind of just can kind of party tricks, you know, party what's your tricks. rate of return? I can you tell you how long your friends 401ks, you figure yeah. out who has the best 401k plan. Yeah. How long do you, do you double your money? Person with the worst 401k has to finish their drink. Yeah. Has to buy the round. Cause oh. <laughs> nobody can buy a round right now. We're in corona. Yeah. I, I, that was my sad noise for me thinking about buying a round. I went, Oh, you can run to the daiquiri stand and bring home a gallon. Not in Orleans Parish. Well, we don't live in Orleans, so poop on that. I'm just saying, they close the daiquiri shops. You know it's getting real out there. I know. So do you feel more inspired to invest in your long-term future? I actually have one more question before we do our little conclusion. Okay. How do you – because if I start a 401k where I'm at now – I'm probably not going to work there for the next 40 years. How do you take your 401k from one place? Can I, can you take it to your next employer or do you have seven separate ones by the end of your work life? Or so does, how some investment companies will l- let you leave the money there and they'll just continue to invest it for you. It's just not going to grow. Right. I mean, it's going to grow investment wise. You just can't contribute anymore. So if you left, and you had $10,000 in there, 
that 10,000 will continue to be invested and will grow with interest. And then you can start your new 401k, your new employer. You can also roll the money over is what they call it. It's a rollover. I was going to say, it seems like though, I think about by the end of my like work life, trying to track down all my different 401k sounds like a lot. So tell me about rolling it over. So you can roll it into a like item. So you could roll it into your next 401k. So if it was a traditional 401k, you can only roll it into traditional Roth to Roth. You can sometimes move a traditional to Roth, but you got to pay all those taxes when you do it. So it may or may not be worth it. Some people do, some people don't, but you, it just has to be a like item. Okay. Um, you good. can good. take it out. You pay the penalty, you know, whatever. But basically you can just move it around from place to place if, but I would consider fees with that as well. So if it's an, at a place where the fees are pretty low and you're comfortable, you can leave it so that you're not paying higher fees when you roll it into a new management company. And then, you know, once you really have your 401k under control, then you can start to branch out and get a financial planner to move your finances farther. So if you have this 401k and you're really comfortable and you have your new 401k, you could talk to a financial planner about taking that other 401k. You'd have fees and penalties probably to pay. This would be up to him to work out the best way to do it for you. But you could also branch out and do other types of investments to try to increase your earnings even more. So that's what I think. Like when you're comfortable and you, you, you kind of got it figured out and you're ready for more, do more. Get, then get a financial planner. But there's no point in paying somebody to do a, try to do a lot with a little until you understand and have that 401k in place. And that helps you really learn about the program, the process as well. Investopedia.com. Investor.gov is part of the Federal Trade Commission's website. Super awesome calculators. Lots and lots of information. And also with investment, yet again, you got to watch out for scams. So investor.gov has a great website where if you are choosing a investment professional, you can look them up and make sure they're legit and make sure they still have their license. Do a lot of people not have their license? Sometimes thing? there's a lot of investment scams out there. Beware scams. And it's all, yeah, red flag. So red flag is um, high pressure sales tactics from an investment professional. That's a red flag. Another red flag is if they guarantee a rate of return. So investor.gov is a great resource for that. And I will put the links on our website for everyone to go to. I love those calculators. Yeah. And the Federal Trade Commission, that's who kind of takes care of our stock market and stuff. So great education there as well. I hope everybody has a better understanding of their 401k and their IRA. I mean, I definitely do. I definitely feel a little bit more knowledgeable. I'll still probably have questions when it comes time to pick my plan, but I definitely feel like if I didn't have you as my mom, I know enough to at least know what I'm looking at when they hand it to me. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times when I get paperwork about money or my loans or whatever, I just am kind of like, I don't know how to read this language. But now I feel like I speak the language a little bit when it comes to my 401k. Good, good, good.
And you can have a million dollars in your bank if you start early enough and you are starting early enough. So you can definitely do that. So ultimate empowerment, take care of yourself. When you are older, don't plan on your kids doing it, right? So take care of yourself and super empowerment. You know, when you see that you're achieving that goal and you see those dollars grow, you're going to be motivated to do even more. So thank you, Noelle, for another wonderful episode. Thank you for having me. I learned a lot today. Awesome. Well, um, we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. You can get in touch with us on Facebook at Ask My Mom Pod. You can email any questions to askmymompod at gmail.com. And of course, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to this. Thank you.